You're listening to Damage Boost, the best gaming podcast you've ever heard, as long as you've never heard another gaming podcast. On the show, I'll be talking to other players, streamers, artists, and creators about what makes gaming more than a hobby, but a beautiful art and an activity that brings together communities around the world. Let's jump into it. Hey everybody, welcome to Damage Boost. Today I have my close friend Brewer on to talk about World of Warcraft, the new and the old. How are you doing today, buddy? I'm doing pretty good. Excited to be here, especially after listening to a couple of other episodes and the amount of nostalgia that I got from uh, listening to the podcast, so hopefully I can do the same for some others. Can you give a, a quick fuck you to Cody since he doesn't listen? Yeah, uh, so Cody, fuck you, and Hawks Don't Swarm. Yeah, and uh, hi to Nick, since he actually listens. Hi, Nick. So, I am completely ignorant on almost all this, uh, other than the fact that I know that it has enough of an addiction to it that when I was joking around about writing a PSA for WoW, I got a lot of feedback from people saying, uh, I don't know if it's okay to make that joke. The addiction part's a pretty real deal. Um, did you have that kind of experience the first time around before Classic? Oh, completely. Uh, I'm a brewer, and I currently have my four-year chip of being free from World of Warcraft. And I would say the addiction to this game is a real thing. In fact, uh, I know when back when I used to play, there were actual addiction centers over in Asia that would open for people to go and try and clean themselves from the game because it was resulting in their marriages failing, people losing jobs. It was a real deal. Wait, wait. So legit addiction centers that had like methods to get people to quit the game? Yes, 100%. That's... It's, that's fucked up yeah That's and serious. to believe that they were able that. to accomplish this with a game before all these microtransactions came out in our modern gameplay style i know when people are playing candy crush today there's a lot of science behind creating the dopamine rush when you click through different things and it creates all these effects and it makes you feel like you're quickly progressing world of warcraft didn't really have any microtransactions you just paid your $15 a month but it was the progression of the game and the way they made you feel as you would just reach different accomplishments but always have you wanting to drive for the next thing that you could just never put it down so i guess we should probably take i jumped a little bit quick in the addiction part but how did they get you in initially what was the appeal before you got those those hits you know that i guess so many people got to the point of addiction what drew you into the game so i actually got brought into the game through a friend and that is most people's story when it comes to world of warcraft so world of warcraft originally came out in 2004 and it was around june 2005 that my best friend said hey i got this free trial for this new game another friend got me into it you should come over this weekend we'll install it check it out play together and i'm like all right we'll do it 
and lugged my big desktop computer over to his house and plugged, strapped my CRT monitor into the seat and put the seat belt around it to drive it across town back before we had all these thin LED LCD monitors. So we get all <laughs> set up over there. We download the... I don't even remember how big the game was, but it was big enough that we clicked download and install, and then we left to go to the town over to eat Taco Bell, then went to the grocery store to pick up cases of soda and snacks, and then came back, and it was like 70% done. So back before the days of high-speed internet, you know, in 2005, but June 2005, download it, get started, we start playing... And honestly, I wasn't impressed my first weekend playing the game. The gameplay itself I found to be a little bit repetitive, and there just wasn't any... It didn't give you that great, like at the time I was playing things like Call of Duty Modern Warfare, and sprinting around in Modern Warfare and all the things popping up on screen was amazing. But in World of Warcraft, you'd be like, okay, let me go out and kill ten of these deer and collect their hooves and come back and right-click on this guy, and he's going to say, hey, here, good job, here's a new sword. And it just didn't pull me in. But for some reason, I kept playing because my friends were playing, and within a month, I was hooked. Not just because the gameplay got incredibly more exciting as you leveled up, but it was really the social aspect of World of Warcraft that made the game amazing. See, I think that's where our stories kind of take different paths from this. I tried it, I want to say around 2006, 2007, and a friend of mine in high school, same thing, was like, hey, I, you know, I got, I'll get you the game, I want you to play it with me. I was like, alright, fine. Downloaded it, and same experience, like, oh, go kill 10, 20 of this animal, bring it here. You know, and I just, I did it, I played it for like 20 minutes, maybe an hour, I'm like, this is boring. You know, I get there's a lot of people here, but, uh, you know, maybe I just had a bad server, but it's not, it wasn't like everyone was super helpful, uh, and I just had a super, and I've talked about this before on a couple other episodes, super bad experience with City of Heroes, of people being, like, really clicky and dicks, so I was already like, I don't know about MMOs, people don't seem to want to help, uh, Greenhorns. I just... So I just didn't play, and I think at the time Mario Galaxy was out, and I was like, well, this is much more fun, and I feel like I'm getting more out of this because I'm exploring new worlds, completing levels, as opposed to, wow, just being, go do this, bring it to this guy or gal, and they'll give you shit. So that, that's where our stories, and I, I don't know why it didn't hit me like it did you. Yeah, that's unfortunate. Luckily, at the time, right around 2004, 2005, is before I felt the online gaming community got really toxic. So at the time, I had a lot of luck still. I got into the game. I was new. And there's a lot of different chat functionality they had native to the game. So you could type in uh, the general channel, which would talk to everybody in the current zone you're in. Or you could talk in a trade channel to buy and sell things from each other. And then you could talk in other channels, try and find people to put groups together to go take on tougher challenges. And then another key aspect of the game was guilds. So you would be able to join a guild and it would just be a permanent group of people that you would be in a talk channel with. And you would share kind of a banner 
and often you would use your guild to build groups to go do tougher challenges and guilds would be created for late game content where everyone's reached max level and now you're trying to beat the toughest bosses in the game together by doing these 40 man raids and I would say finding a good guild early on in that game was really important because you would get lots of good help from the more experienced people in the game. You'd be like, hey, I'm clueless. I don't know what's going on here. And they'd be like, oh yeah, that quest is bug. You need to go to this spot. And it's like just having that quick help was great. Um, and then it's kind of a pay it forward thing. As you would level up and become more experienced, you'd see other newbies asking questions or making mistakes, and then you could help update them. And then usually they would end up wanting to join your guild because you were so helpful and you could build this kind of network in game where you lean on each other to get through challenges. That, and I think if I would have had that experience, it probably would have kept me in because, like you said, uh, gaming communities have become, especially if the game's super popular, like WoW is, be super fucking toxic. Just absolute assholes i play a lot of uh, dead by daylight and the community for the most part is really supportive helpful it's a game where there's a killer four survivors there's a lot of times you know if uh, somebody you're on a survivor team two people disconnect you know right off the bat and fuck you over the killers will have etiquette and just give you give you the escape hatch at the end of the match and stuff like that. There's a And it's been really fun. It keeps me in the game, the fact that the community is, for the most part, super supportive. And I'm glad you had that experience with at least one game. <laughs> yeah, it was uh, one of my fond memories from the original World of Warcraft release was we, me and two other friends, we created... Uh, three characters, all of the race Torin, which Torin are these six foot seven and up cow people that have arms like Rock Johnson. Like, they just are beefcakes. And so we all rolled Torin together and we each made different classes and we called ourselves the Torin Train. And we would all run in a single file line, just jumping in succession <laughs> like a roller coaster from quest to quest. And because it was three of us working together in the basic questing world, we would just roll in and completely destroy quests. We would just grab all of the enemies at one time, bring them into a big group, and just destroy them. We had this one ability as a Torin called Hoof Stomp, and it would be an area of effect stun, and I don't recall the exact amount of time. It was probably like two seconds or two and a half seconds. But when there's three of you in a group, we could essentially chain together this stun where we would bring all these enemies together and they would never be able to move or even attack us. And we could just move through quests super fast. And that's really what made World of Warcraft get started for me was having that close group of friends that you could play with on the regular. And it was the first game that truly took in the social aspect and persisted it through a world. I see that that sounds like where the dopamine hits are coming from that made this game so good was that not only ability to play together but to be able to play together at such a high level and you're not you know not facing other players technically so it's not going to get to the point of cheating and as toxic as it can be when you face you know human players as opposed to NPCs. 
Oh, and speaking of dopamine, so at the bottom of your screen, there's this progress bar that moves up your experience as you work towards leveling up and just watching that continually inch forward. And then when you do level up, it's this big gratifying feeling. A, a noise would play and this yellow light would shoot up around your character. And it always felt really good when you would hit that next level. And anytime you would see that progress bar get past halfway, you're like, you know what? I'm kind of tired, but I'm going to keep playing till I hit the next level and then I'll go to bed for the night. But the problem is then you would hit your next level and you'd say, okay, well, let's see, what should I put my talent point into? And I need to go back to town to go talk to my skills trainer so I can get my new abilities. And I'm going to go look at what those abilities are and be like, oh, this is so cool. I bet you I could kill that boss now that I couldn't kill in that last chain. So let me go back and kill him real quick. And before you know it, another two and a half hours has gone by, and it's 4.30 a.m., and you have to work at 8. That So let's jump from that and somewhat abruptly segue what at what point did you realize this is negatively affecting my life well you're talking about obviously the accidentally staying up until like three hours before work um what point did it kind of hit you that like that maybe you need to back off a little bit i don't know if it hit me at the time but in retrospect it would have been my senior year of high school we were we played all summer leading up to our senior year and at the time this would have actually been uh when the burning crusade expansion had come out and that's really my favorite time period of the game and during this time we would play after school every night if we didn't have to work and we were like you know i hate that we're spending eight and a half nine hours a day at school and we're not moving forward in the game so we found a way to start managing the auction house from school so the auction house was somewhere where you could buy and sell items in game basically it was ebay built into world of warcraft and me and my friend got addicted to min maxing and generating gold by we would find opportunities for things that we don't even need and if there was a low supply we would just buy out all of the items on the auction house of that type for example like bronze bars maybe someone needed bronze to craft specific types of weapons and we would see there's only like eight stacks of bronze on the auction house we would buy that out and then we would raise the price to a ridiculous amount like we are executives at a pharmaceutical company and repost them to the auction house and so we weren't even That's playing dark shit, dude. We weren't even playing the game, but we were having so much fun just with this e like commerce aspect of the game. Well, we were able to install the game to the computers in the computer lab at our school, and so we were leaving class throughout the day to go back and check our auctions on the auction house by just logging in really quick in the computer lab and updating our auctions to make sure we were continuing to generate income throughout the day. And then we ended up taking that a step further, and I wrote bots that would play the game for us while we were away at school. That's some next-level shit, man. <laughs> I don't even know what to say to that. I mean, you, like, do, you do what you how do. Did, how did you get away with... Is your computer... Whoever ran your computer lab, like, that oblivious to what's going on? No, uh, we just had a good relationship with her, and we ended up oh. installing it on her computer, and we're teaching her how to play. So while all the freshmen are in there doing maybe speak and teach us typing or God knows whatever they were doing, 
Right. That doesn't really require a teacher to be giving their full attention. We'd be in there and being like, oh yeah, go over here and do this quest and it'll result in you getting this upgraded bow. And so it was a really good time. In retrospect, that was definitely taking a video game too far. So do you know if your teacher ended up getting an addiction after you had uh, uh, helped install it on her computer? Boy, I really hope not because then it's kind of like we uh, we gave her the the drug, so to speak. You know, we were the people that sent her down a dark path. It it seems like the way you kind of described it, it's always a friend. You know, like, hey, I tried this. It's a lot of fun. You should try it too. It's like all those terrible after-school specials that tried to tell you that. You know, weed was the most awful drug in the world, and it's like, yo, just try it once. Just this smoke it once with me. You'll be fine. Yeah. And then by the end of it, it's like, oh my god, weed killed you. Yeah, I really think World of Warcraft was about the social aspect and your friends bringing you in. If you were looking for kind of a good immersive art uh, RPG at the time, there was much other better games out there for that single-player RPG world. I know Dragon Age was an amazing one for me, or uh, Skyrim came out eventually. You had Morrowind before that. So there was a lot of really good RPGs out there if you weren't looking for that social aspect. So really, it was seemed like always a friend that dragged you into the world of Warcraft. And I'm trying to think of all the, the other MMOs around the time. Uh, like I said, City of Heroes was out. That that lasted pretty long, too, if I remember correctly. I think the Star Wars MMO was out at that time, but I never got to play that one, unfortunately. But nothing really ever, you know, made the impact at all. And not, n- not a lot of games at all have even reached the level of World of Warcraft. You know, it's interesting you say that. I would regularly play World of Warcraft, get to max level, exhaust the content... And I would get bored. And so I tried nearly every MMORPG that came out over that time, just looking for that next scratch, so to speak. I played the Warhammer MMO, the Star Wars MMO. There was actually a pirate one that came out way back then that many might compare now to Sea of Thieves. Essentially, they were trying to be what Sea of Thieves is now. So I went and I was a beta or alpha tester for all of those games, just like trying to find that next one. (laughs) And I would constantly say to myself, this game isn't bad, but I'm not getting that same feeling I got from World of Warcraft. And I couldn't explain it. And to this day, I still don't know the exact answer to that. I think what it was about World of Warcraft, though, was the graphics and music had this cartoony feel to it in this kind of way, which meshed well with the graphics we had available at the time back in 2004, 2005 when we were playing this game originally. It kind of had this cartoony feel that made you not happy in a sense, but the worlds were very interesting to look at. But then the quests and the storyline and the things you were doing were actually incredibly dark. And it doesn't even dawn on you the things you're doing are dark because you're looking at these cartoony-looking people, but because you're doing these dark things in a quest, it kind of gives you a little bit of that fun gameplay that you're looking for, too. And so I really just think the artists at Blizzard just perfectly nailed it when putting this storyline and environment together 
that gave you a little bit of everything to keep you coming back. You know, the way you describe that, <clears throat> and if anybody consistently listens to the show, the episode that's going to come out before this, uh, it reminds me a lot of Minecraft, where, and I, I'm hardcore Minecraft right now. I have, I think I'm playing it every other night at this point, at least for 20, 30 minutes, because you can play it on almost any platform. <clears throat> but, you know, it's, in a way, cartoony. The graphics are purposely scaled down. The music and, like, sound design of that game is perfect for what it is just next level i don't know everything every sound triggers something in your brain and you're in a way doing kind of dark shit uh the the implied lore that you figure out on your own and kind of like stuff you read just on the internet and hear from the internets it it's dark. You're doing kind of dark shit or in a world where dark shit happened and it kind of keeps it intriguing like that mystery, but wrapped in a nice cute little package. It draws you in. It keeps you playing. Yeah. I think there's a good comparison there to compare what you get with Minecraft and how much Minecraft captured the world in terms of its adoption. But then I compare it to a game like Ark and on paper, Ark should be a much better game. I mean, it's a crafting world. The graphics are immersive, and you get to train dinosaurs and build your own dinosaur (laughs) farm and ride on them and fight each other, and there's PvP, but Ark never even came close to getting the draw that Minecraft has drawn from people with these lo-fi graphics and limited gameplay compared to Ark. And there's an interesting formula hidden in there somewhere that I think gaming executives still haven't quite tapped into, but it'll be interesting when they understand why, as people, we're drawn to the things like Minecraft over something like Ark. I I think, and not to get too deep into Ark, but I played it when it was still, like, beta form, and and I think for a while, like, we we didn't think it was going to come out. Like this, we thought it was this, this is a cool idea, you know. There was definitely a lot of issues with it, um, but you know, just we we're like, yeah, it probably will never happen. And it did. And for what I've played, the community is not the best uh, there. It's not. And I think the way you described World of Warcraft and the way I described Minecraft is it's almost in a way like a minimal. It's minimal. Like it's it does what it what it does well and you're not overwhelming people with graphic story I, I guess for World of Warcraft the gameplay is definitely more co- oh, I mean, Minecraft gameplay if you really think about it, super co- kind of complicated but yet it can be accessible at a base level you know I have a, a bundle of children at young ages who can play Minecraft to have fun but they just don't play at the same level that I play it and I think that's where you talk about game executives can't find that right balance. It's hard to make a game that's minimalist and like get unless people play it and figure it out like, oh, this is really great. It's a harder sell, you know. Yeah, I definitely agree. And a lot of that gameplay attracts me. Besides playing things like World of Warcraft and dabbling with Call of Duty and 
breaking many controllers over the years, getting frustrated with Madden, a majority of my gaming time often goes to simulation or strategy type games mm-hmm. in that I'm building roller coaster parks or I am managing a video game company. And I think it's some of that easy to get into but difficult to master gameplay that can draw in a wide audience. Mm-hmm. And I think that's the key thing that World of Warcraft gives people, that Minecraft gives people. Because in World of Warcraft, you can be able to get in and play the game having never played a game with keyboard and mouse. But the end game content is so punishing that if you don't know what you're doing, you're not going to be able to beat it. And it's not you that's going to fail. You're going to cause 39 other people to fail and have a host of angry people that you are unable to do your job correctly. So, we're going to jump forward just a little bit, and with the release of WoW Classic, for somebody like me who is just completely fucking ignorant, is it, from what I understand, it's just the old game, right? The way I think I had it described to me was the game eventually became a lot of different stuff and I don't want to say like was it that it became too trying to appeal to a mass audience and wow uh, wow classic is bringing it back to like its roots or do I have that backwards I think there's a number of reasons that people are drawn to wow classic uh, one it could be back in my day the game was so much more difficult because you didn't have all these things spoon fed to you and I think WoW Classic speaks to those people because they can go back to the hardcore days of not having your hand held like modern WoW does today. For me personally I played World of Warcraft for 10 years off and on um, I think for once there was a stretch of like 6 or 7 years where my subscription was active and then I would drop off and come back when the new expansion came, came out and World of Warcraft began to die for me when this add-on, players had the ability to create add-ons for the game that would enhance the gameplay experience. So an example of an add-on is someone made a turn-by-turn GPS widget that would sit in the top middle of your screen and point you towards your quest objective because the original WoW was much more like Morrowind where you read the quest text and you had to figure out where to go. And players were like, oh, that's rough. I want to be able to kind of be pointed towards my objective. So someone created an add-on for that. Well, eventually, someone created an add-on called Gear Score. And the point of Gear Score was you would have this number in your character sheet that aggregated the item level of all of your character's gear together to give a score. And that would be so you could compare, is this person more well-equipped than another person? And while that sounds like a useful add-on for the game, what ruined it for me is it became this, like, cast system classification thing that made it difficult to find groups or even get into raids to get the gear you need to do the next raid. And frequently, if you didn't have the gear from a particular dungeon that would get you to a high gear score, your gear score would be too low. The groups wouldn't even let you in. And so... That is really, I think, when WoW became to fail for me in terms of the social aspect as it became so much about min-maxing and there's only one right way to play and we start ignoring the concept of skill because you need to build your character this exact way to maximize things. 
And so I think WoW Classic speaks to some of those people as it takes it back to the original days of there is more than one right answer and there aren't all these add-ons to hold your hand and adjust the gameplay in a toxic manner. I didn't realize I'd gotten that, like, don't get me wrong, I am a simpleton. I remember playing uh, Oblivion for the first time, and that was still when uh, the Elder Scrolls games were kind of more vague and wasting so much try- time trying to figure out like, what the fuck does this quest say? It says I need to go to this place with this red flower and this thing, but I'm here and I don't fucking see what I'm supposed to do. But if, looking back on it, you know, that's what made those games fun, and especially for a MMO, having things kind of streamed into, like, one direction to go, I can see how that would make not only it not fun anymore, but kind of turn the community toxic, because... If, like you said, if there's only one right answer, then people are going to be dicks about, you know, getting to that answer. You're not going to be able to find new, creative, fun ways to solve the same problem. And that's kind of the whole point of the game. That's exactly it. They added quality of life improvements to the game over time. <clears throat> the issue with these quality of life improvements is they streamlined it so much that it just became about rapidly moving through the content rather than discovering what it is that's out there and you lose a lot of those random encounters where memories could be made for example you now just can stream yourself from city to city in the game and you may never even see the world surrounding the content that you're supposed to be exploring one of the key things about wow classic is when you want to do a dungeon this is dungeons are there are instances where there's going to be harder bosses, better gear, and it takes a team of five to go in and defeat the dungeon. Typically, you'll have a tank, the guy that pisses everyone off and takes the damage. You'll have the healer that keeps everyone up, and then a mix of DPS and crowd control people. And you would go do these groups together. In WoW Classic, you would all have to actually run to the dungeon together and walk into this entrance. And you would get the ambiance on the dungeon as you're going in and you'd be like, wow, this is really cool. And it kind of sets the stage for this thing you're about to do. And the quality of life improvement they made in later expansions is you just click a little button in your thing and you say, join a group for this dungeon. And after you join that group, it just teleports you into the dungeon. So you miss the entire surrounding area and you lose a little bit of that ambiance. So as a result, you end up just grinding through quests out in the world and you hit join for group and you kind of lose the story aspect of it and it becomes more like a job than an adventure you know and the way you describe that and the walking into the dungeon and having that like moment with your friends kind of gives me that feeling that you get when you play dungeons and dragons and even though you're not you know physically doing it but having the experience with your friends you're learning the the surroundings the you're living that moment with them and that just that's why I love, and Brew and I have been friends since college, you know, that Dungeon and Dragons feeling, playing that with a group and, like, having that experience together. And I can see how just getting teleported in to the moment would just be like, oh, well, I'm just, you're playing a game at that point. And, yes, we you know, we play video games because they're games, but I think the best ones, the ones that stick with you, you know, you you're in that world in a way. You're... Not that you're playing it, you're you're living it. 
Yeah, and another great thing about the world as it was back in WoW Classic and the Burning Crusade was there were these two factions in the game. The Alliance, which was a collection of humans and elves and dwarves and gnomes, and then the Horde, which was uh, half-orcs, uh, tauren, uh, uh, trolls, a number of other races. And so the Horde was this faction that I joined and they were always at war with the Alliance and so it was kind of this open world PvP setting and I could just be out questing one day and all of a sudden the Alliance would raid our zone and it would just you would totally forget the quest you're on it would just turn into this epic PvP open world battle where all these Alliance players show up and you're joining other high-level horde people that come down from the main city to defend the town that all your quest givers are in because if the alliance comes in and kills your quest givers, you have to wait a, like an hour until they respawn before you can turn in your quests. <laughs> so there was a little bit of motivation there to go and defend your town. And those would lead to just some interesting random memories where instead of just grinding through the quest as you expect, suddenly this unexpected thing happens where all these players grouped up to go and raid the other team's side. And that was really interesting that as well. That sounds amazing. That, that's the part, like, to me that would make me want to play it was that, like, defending your people and, like, there's these groups you're fighting, like, they're grinding like you said, for people it works, but that, to me, sounds incredible. That would make me want to play this game. Yeah, and uh, while we're talking about kind of that open world, I'm thinking of there was this zone in World of Warcraft called the Barrens, and it's this giant zone that you spend quite a bit of time in in early levels, and it was the zone that the Alliance liked to come raid. And at the north tip top of the Barrens was the Horde's main capital, so that's why I'd get raided a lot. Well, so one really interesting thing about the Barons chat, which is quite random, is somehow it devolved into this constant Chuck Norris joke chat channel. So, for example, players would just be running around questing and then someone would just pop off. When Chuck Norris jumps in water, he doesn't get wet. The water gets Chuck Norris. They don't make sense, and I think the more absurd the joke was, the better it was, but... I don't know how that got started, but I just it's just one memory I have. And so I've got this like giant library of useless Chuck Norris jokes that uh, stemmed from my days of questing in the Barrens. That, one, that shows our age. And two, I believe we used to do a charity thing at, at our college, and we did Chuck Norris jokes. It was a 24-hour charity thing. I remember we did Chuck Norris jokes for like eight hours. I'm pretty sure that was your fault. It could be. It could be. Uh, I know World of Warcraft has contributed to a number of pop culture references. One that I think just about everyone knows, even if they know nothing about World of Warcraft, is Leroy Jenkins. Yep. And uh, for those that aren't familiar with that, uh, they were currently doing a raid. So raids in WoW Classic were these 40-person dungeons that were so difficult you had to get 40 people together all working together online in order to defeat these bosses and it isn't just you walk into a room and there's your boss there are very difficult monsters you have to kill along the way through this dungeon even just to get to the boss so it could take 
three, four hours for this group of 40 people to prep and work their way through the dungeon just to get to one boss. And so they were currently doing a raid together and prepping and planning how to go into the next room. I know there was probably a number of people that had gotten up to take a break from their computers and one of the characters got bored and he's like, okay, enough planning. Let's do this. Leroy Jenkins! And he just sprints into this room full of monsters and everyone's just standing there like, shit, did he run in? What are we going to do? And so everyone (laughs) decides, you know, let's just run in and see if we can somehow survive. And of course they don't. It's just a cluster. And uh, as a result of his decision, everyone dies. And so they all have to respawn. And everyone was going to take damage to their equipment that they'd later have to pay gold to repair. Likely burn new potions to get all the buffs back up. So I'm sure his team was fairly angry with him. But it made for a really great video. That was my first experience into World of Warcraft was the classic Leroy Jenkins and I, I've told this story once, but I'll tell it again for anybody who hasn't heard the episode. I played my first like real shot at an MMO was um, City of Heroes because I'm a nerd, and before before they were cool, I really loved superheroes, comic book fan growing up, all that shit. So I tried. I didn't have chat or anything. I had a shitty computer. I didn't have a mic, and was following this group in City of Heroes and. They were waiting, and there was some enemies, and I'm like, "Well, fuck it, I'll go, I'll go help them." Went and got you know destroyed by four or five enemies, and I could hear in their chat because I could hear them and not communicate with them. Oh, you know, next time we run into big group, we'll just send Leonor Jenkins in over there to you know take some of the the fire away from us, and that hurt me so bad that I I never played the game again. Ended up uninstalling, you know, giving the game to somebody else type deal. Wow, that is unfortunate. Yeah, <laughs> it still hurts to this day. It's one of I from head injuries in football. I have very few memories from my childhood, but that one is still clear as day. Oh man, it it's kind of a interesting reference to another pop culture reference that came out a year later. In that uh, South Park did a World of Warcraft episode. And the whole premise of the episode is there's a super high-level character that was just ruining the game for all the other players. And it was just causing people to quit the game until uh, the main characters decide to uh, take a really odd path to level up without him finding them until they could get to max level. And then the episode devolves into this whole quest for this epic sword uh, that would allow them to defeat him, and eventually they're able to... Uh, defeat the character, but yeah, that was the whole premise of a South Park episode about World of Warcraft that came out in 2006. The uh, That episode was iconic, even for people who didn't watch the show, I think, saw that episode or at least knew about it. Because they worked with Blizzard right, to create it, so it wasn't like they were just shitting on it. I assume they had to have permission and help to create that episode. You know, I don't know the exact details, but I imagine Blizzard was definitely working with them because the animation style that they did wasn't exactly what gameplay looked like but it was close enough that it gave you this really interesting feel in the episode and I imagine Blizzard was definitely involved in ensuring that episode was a success I remember specifically uh, how do you kill that which has no lifeline from that episode and I think that one 
it's pretty still deep into pop culture references and probably one of the best lines from that show ever yeah and i know a lot of people like to still cosplay the real life personification of the bad guy in the episode (laughs) just the balding overweight guy sitting back at a messy computer desk i know that type of person shows up at blizzcon every year someone walking around with an actual like desk hooked to their shoulders with all of that set up so it's a good meme even 13 years later and, and wow god this dear is that god go fuck that just that makes me feel really that hit you too yeah i'm, I'm feeling very old now <laughs> that i realized that was 13 years ago uh i also <laughs> remember because i'm a juvenile that stands uh i think it was stan's name and wow was loves to spooge and that always made me laugh hysterically every every single fucking time I saw that episode. Yeah, they had some good names, and that kind of reminds me, back when we would used to make new characters, one of the most difficult aspects of creating your new character wasn't selecting the race you wanted to play or picking the visual aspects of your character. It's just that open form, input your character's name here. And we would sit for 40 minutes just trying to think of what the name for our character would be. I remember doing that for uh, um, Skyrim and, uh, oh god, I just talked about Oblivion. And trying to think of really cool names. Because I always felt like when I saw other people play, they had like names that fit the time, the setting. And mine was always Brock or Brockington or something just real fucking lame and lazy because I'm not a creative person. And, and I would just sit there and like people cre- just creating the characters, how everyone make these characters is look so fucking good for games that are at the time, you know, they, they look good for the time, but didn't age particularly well. I'm just jealous of people who have creativity. I guess that's what it goes down to. Yeah. My original characters that they weren't my original during world of Warcraft classic, I had a little bit of ADD when it came to my characters. I would play one to about level 40, then get bored and make a new character. And it wasn't until the Burning Crusade expansion came out that I really had what I would describe as my mains, the two characters that I then took to max level through every expansion moving forward. And the first gaming computer I ever built was in this giant red light-up computer case and uh, the name of the computer case was something like Dragon Form, whatever. And so the name of my gaming computer was the Red Dragon. So my first main was a Blood Elf Warlock that I called the Red Dragon. And moving forward, just about all of my character names had some form of dragon tied to them in some manner. For example, I created a Paladin next, and he became Dragon Slayer. So it was kind of interesting how all of that evolved. And then in a later expansion, World of Warcraft did me a solid, and they added flying mounts to the game. And I grinded probably a week's worth of real time into these daily quests just to farm reputation with this faction that trained dragons so that I could get a flying (laughs) red dragon mount for my red dragon warlock. It's amazing what motivates us. It was terrible the entire time in the fact of 
it became more of a job where I'm like, oh, I'm super busy today, but I got to log in and do these quests real quick because you could only do them once a day. And I would generate a little more reputation with this group that trained these dragons. And so I just did that for weeks until I was able to have enough reputation to purchase the flying red dragon mount for my character. Uh, so um, that kind of reminds me, I wanted to talk a little bit about the dynamics of groups. Uh, I have story to add before we get into it too much but for you know everyone listening probably doesn't know but for a brief period Bird and I lived together because we're in college and you know you live with people and we had kind of the same path to get back to school and I was driving my little shitty blue Ford Focus uh, going back to college and you passed me and you're you had like a red sports car I don't remember it was like a Thunderbird or something right a convertible it was an 01 mitsubishi spider eclipse okay and you had your and i knew it was you because uh, your hair with the top down I, I could just tell it was you and your license plate was tank looking for group right yeah tank lfg was yeah. my license plate and that resulted yeah. in me getting a lot of fun encounters in the real world from other world of warcraft players so that stems from a you would go into general channel and you would say tank lfg and it would be like being a attractive girl on tinder and that all of a sudden you get a million messages from people wanting you to join their group because the reason i created a tank was i got to max level with my warlock and me and my friend could never find a group to join because tanks were in short supply you would need a tank to go and do dungeons and raids to survive. Basically, the tank's job would be to make the monsters or the boss angry and focus on hitting you, but you would have a lot of armor and health and be able to take those hits, while the squishy characters that can do a lot of damage sit in the back and wail on the guy until he dies. So I ended up creating a new character, a paladin, and he became the tank, so that way we could get into dungeons right away. And that ended up becoming my new main, and I would tank raids and uh, even PvP with this character when they made it ability to quickly switch between different specs. And so it just kind of became part of my video game identity, so I just thought it would be fun to create a license plate, Tank LFG. So, first thing is I waved like a little, little kid seeing Santa Claus go by and you didn't see me and that made me very sad uh <laughs> two why why were tanks in sh such short supply like to me that sounds like the best thing to do because you just kind of take i mean so i guess it's maybe the way my mind works but i'd rather be the guy who just goes in and just has the ability to take the beating when everyone else does the actual you know does work yeah i think it's because there were so many classes that could do damage and for many tank-like characters, leveling up to max level can be a bit of a chore because obviously it's going to take you a lot longer to kill a monster out in the wild on your own than it would be for a class that does DPS. And tank characters also could be limited in PvP, so doing the player versus player uh, battlegrounds or arenas or things of that nature would be less attractive, so I think that is what contributed to tanks being less popular. But... At the time, when I rolled a Blood Elf Paladin, they the tank spec for that class was way overpowered. 
And what we did is my friend rolled a druid character at the same time with me, and druids can switch into different forms. They can turn into a tree and heal things, and then they can turn into a cat and claw things to death. And so him and I just leveled up to max level together, and we leveled up so fast because I would sprint around and he would sprint around and we would just gather every mob in an entire area. We're talking like 20 to 30 monsters at a time when two can easily kill one character. So we would gather an entire monster quest zone into an area and then I would just pop my tanking abilities and he would throw some healing over time spells on me and then he would switch to a cat and we would just kill everything and then we'd spend forever looting and go turn in four quests all at once and so him and i become this great duo that we would get into the end game content and a lot of times we would take newbies with us into dungeons and they would just be terrible and they would get themselves killed by falling into traps and essentially him and i were able to almost two-man a lot of the dungeons at the end game before you got into the hard raids even without having the other dps truly <laughs> carrying their own weight so now that we're pretty deep into it and talked about your experiences the good and the bad uh are you going to do you think you will purchase wild classic if you haven't already and if you do are you going to play it and then on top of that if you're going to play it are you going to make sure that you in a way, cap your time. Make sure that it doesn't become kind of a... Oh, I know you got a big life event coming up, so obviously you don't want it to be a habit <clears throat> coming into that, but are you going to take precautions if you get it? And do you recommend other people who, for lack of a better phrase, are clean getting back into it with Wild Classic? So doing this podcast i can tell you i'm definitely getting the itch and i really want to click that download button and get it installed your and wife is gonna fucking kill me if you do that she now. would she would because then i would spend even less time with her i found a good way to group my gaming time with wife time in that we will sit together on the couch and i will play civilization on my laptop because then I can do this turn-based game that I can instantly set down at a moment's notice, and I can play it from my laptop on the couch, and we can sit together and we can watch movies or we can watch TV shows like Nailed It together, and it's a good way to kind of... I love Nailed It. Oh, it's my favorite. And so good. I can kind of hybrid use my time because I have so much less of it nowadays, so... I think really because I have so little time nowadays between how busy I am at my job and then I'm spending a lot of my weekend time helping my wife get her company off the ground. And like you said, we have a little one, our first, coming this winter. I don't think I can allow myself to download the game. I likely need to stay with things that I can easily pick up and set down, like playing a single game of Madden or picking up Civilization because it's turn-based and I can just shut the screen at any second if I need to go do something. So for other people, if you have friends to play the game with, I'd highly recommend you pick it up and give it a shot, even if you didn't play it before. And the reason I suggest picking up WoW Classic is you have a chance to experience the game how it started 
before jumping into what they have now, which is just this giant world that can almost be daunting because there's so much in the modern WoW with all of the expansions that you might be able to appreciate current WoW more if you play WoW Classic first. That kind of reminds me. It's not exactly the same, but it's kind of one of the reasons I love uh, Super Mario Maker 2 is you're talking about... It's not, and again, it's not the best comparison, but you're getting to play games in a way how they were. So the fact that my my all-time favorite game is Super Mario World, that I can find levels that people are creative created or um, that I've created for them and play Super Mario World-type levels or the original Mario or Super Mario 3. And in a way, they're getting those same, like, feelings that I got when I played it. And that that's pretty special. So I'm glad that there is a positive to this and that people are going to get to experience uh, a cultural phenomenon how how it was at its peak or at the beginning. With it all coming out being clean, your your official stances for your you personally though, it's a no. Yeah, I think I'm going to have to avoid picking up the game because I know I'm not going to be able to just pick it up and play a little bit. And it's also, like I said at the beginning, the early gameplay when you're like lower than level 10 isn't phenomenal in that the couple hours you spend getting from level 1 to 10, you're not going to be like, wow, that was really good experience. You're going to be like, all right, now I'm level 10, I can start enjoying the game. And because of those reasons, it's just one of those games that requires a lot of time investment. And that's just something I don't have at this moment. Uh, if you've kind of reached a point where you're like, you know what, I got free time and I'm just sitting on my couch watching Netflix, it's probably more engaging for you to be playing WoW and interacting with others and, uh, you know, burning a little more brain juice, so to speak, than just staring at a TV uh, clicking, yes, I'm still watching on Netflix. Yeah, The Office for the 10th time. Well, if for those people who you're, you're telling to not buy it, take that money buy Dead by Daylight, support you know, indie game developers because that game's incredible and they have a Stranger Things DLC coming out that I'm really, really excited for and I cannot fucking wait to play it. It should be coming out mid-September I think, so keep an eye out for that. Alright man, it's been awesome. I'm glad I had you on. Definitely want to do it again. Uh, do you have anything you want to plug? Social media stuff or just people you like that you want people to follow or watch their shit? You know, I don't really have anything. Um, I'm constantly trying to hire developers, but uh, that's just about it. Alright, and for me, follow at DamageBoostPod at Twitter, and please, for the love of God, find me on Twitch at DamageBoostPodcast and follow so I can get affiliated because I am a sad, sad person who needs, needs to do that to feel like to feel validated uh so yeah it's been a great time man uh so everybody be good people